Uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. We get this morning to um, really come to uh, look, look at, last week we looked at uh, Jesus talking about what we have referred to as the golden rule. And now we come to him talking to us and bringing us to a place of decision. Um, We live in a world of plurality, uh, meaning that uh, there are many different options and many different thoughts and views. And uh, we like to think that all views are okay and that everything is fine and that God doesn't care Many of you have maybe seen bumper stickers that say, all that wander aren't lost. And to be honest, I I like that idea that you can just meander around in this life and it's not that big of a deal. You're just exploring. And many of us like to think of ourselves as trailblazers, that we don't follow a trail that somebody else has laid out before us, but we make our own trail. And there's a sense of pride in that, that we go, we're different than everybody else. We cherish the United States and especially in the West to do your own thing, to make your own path. And then this morning we come to a passage that may be extremely offensive to you. And if it is, if it is, um, say it this way, I want to be careful. I'm glad I'm glad it's offensive to you. Not not because I, I want you to be offended, but I want you to make the connection that these are the words of Jesus. That I don't... You, you say, well, why do you want to talk about those? I just took the next passage. I want to tell you that. I've been walking through Matthew chapter uh, 7. We've been going... So we started in the book of Matthew and now we're here. There's no reason that I've come up to this other than that this is what God has had planned for us this morning. And so as we look at this passage, I trust that God will work in all of our hearts to help us understand what it is to follow after him. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you. Verses 13 and 14 of Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says this, Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. God, I ask for your direction through your Holy Spirit this morning. I ask that we would not have our own thoughts, but that we would have your thoughts. As we look at what Jesus said, he spoke to this group of people. Help us to place it in our lives. Help us to be soft before you and moldable. God, I ask that you would work in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We've looked at the last couple of chapters and it's the Sermon on the Mount. And up to this point, I want to say it like this, and I want to be careful about this as well. The Sermon on the Mount has been very helpful 
very helpful for us to understand what God believes is right and wrong and the way we should live. But thus far, it has not been salvation. He's driving us to this place where we understand our need for a Savior. And that as he shares about his kingdom, Jesus being king and this is kingdom. He's laying kingdoms side by side and, and the kingdom that we have made up next to the true kingdom. And so as we come to this place, we realize that Jesus is now calling us and driving us to the point of decision. This morning, I, I want to warn you that being a part of a church, coming to a service on Sunday, giving, and even serving, is not about being a good person. That Jesus is not presenting uh, the idea of His kingdom of nice people. He is not saying that we're going to gather all the people that really want to try hard and be nice. And that's what our kingdom is going to be about. That's what it is to be uh, one of my subjects and me as the king. It's not what he's saying. He's extending the hand to them and saying, I have a different way for you. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. It's unique because uh, Jesus uh, at this point doesn't call people to himself. But as we know the end of the story, if you will, we realize that Jesus is the one that is going to die on the cross and give his life. And as part of him being king, we will follow and identify with that death, his resurrection, and we will chase after him and be followers of Jesus Christ. But he starts out this section right on the heels of being to others what you would want them to be for you. He says this, enter by the narrow gate. Enter by the narrow gate. He calls them to action. He calls them to move and to change and to proceed. Enter through the narrow gate. He's pointing out to them, and I'd like to say it like this. He's compassionately calling them to the right gate. That Jesus loved the people. He, he had compassion. We look at that over and over again as he saw people. He had compassion on them. And as he saw this group of people he was talking to, as he shared with them, he says, there it is, enter through the narrow gate. Most people here this morning, and the guy preaching definitely doesn't like anybody to tell him what to do. I don't like I don't like anybody. In fact, there's a rebellion in my heart, mostly to my wife. She's not here this morning. If she tells me something to do, I want to do the complete opposite. Or I just want to do anything but that. And so as we hear this, sometimes we're bristling and we're, we're starting to in our own mind go, well, what if I have a different way? What if I don't like that gate? What if I don't want to move? What if I don't want to choose that? I want to tell you that Jesus is not just another voice in the world. 
He's not another one calling out for your attention and time. He's the king. He's the compassionate king who loves and cares for you. And for your best, he is calling you to enter through the narrow gate. He's calling us to choose. I think it's interesting. um, Most of the time, uh, we, we don't like to choose. We like to hem and haw. We like to discuss the options and philosophize of which option would be better than the other and discuss and and sit and, and talk and talk and talk. But the idea of choosing and making a decision and proceeding with that decision, most of us are like, I don't really like to do that. I don't feel compelled. And so as we look at this passage, we realize that Jesus is calling us to choose, to follow, to act. And now he will, as a follow up to calling his hearers to enter by the narrow gate, he contrasts the two gates, the two options before them. So we'll look at this as gate one and gate two. Uh, Real simple. And for us to see them side by side uh, this morning is a very simple message, but a message that calls for action on our parts. Gate one. In verse 13, it says, enter, enter by the narrow gate for gate number one, for the gates wide and the way is easy. that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, are many. That's gate number one. As you look at this gate, uh, we find out some things about it. Um, I think we understand what a gate is, uh, uh, an entryway, a beginning point of, of going from one place to another inside. And he says, so there's this narrow gate. And, but, but there's another gate, gate number one. Is wide. There's a gate that is wide. It's roomy. It's broad. It's the idea that it's laying out before them as wide open opportunity. There will be no difficulty in you getting through it. It's not a, an issue of whether you, it, you're just looking out there and it's just broad, broad and wide, and, and you can totally see yourself and anybody else for that matter. Being able to proceed through gate number one, the wide gate. It's interesting that that he is talking about a gate, gate number one and gate number two. But he also follows it up with not just a gate, but a way. Gate, but a way. And, and as I, I look at that, maybe I missed it, but I, I see this sense of... A progression. You walk through the gate at one time, but as you go through the gate, there's a way after that. There's a a place and a road and a following after that. And so he talks about both the gate and the way. And they're connected. uh, Gate number one and way number one. And gate number two and way number two. It's the idea of continuing to choose. Continuing to proceed. Well, gate number one, it says the gate is wide and the way is easy. It's the easy way. 
It's the simple way. It's the idea of things going down a drain. Do you understand about a drain? Where do you put a drain? The lowest point. And so when you get a flood of water, where does the water go? It goes down through the drain. Do you have to coax it? To, no, it just f- files down. It just is the easy way. It's the most, um, most logical way. As I was considering this, we, uh, my family and I, we lived uh, for five years up in the Bay Area, north of San Francisco. And many times we traveled down to Southern California to visit some of you here and uh, various family members, and we would come down the five. And so when you're going up to the Bay Area, you hit the five, and then you start cutting over uh, as you come on the east side of the the bay there. And as you come through, uh, we would always have to kind of follow the bay, uh, go north. We wouldn't go through San Francisco, but we'd go through Oakland and Berkeley and San Rafael, and we'd head up there, and 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 we'd go there, and and have any of I'm kind of a country bumpkin, you know, type person. I've lived here in Tehachapi. We have this one freeway over here, the 58. Grew up in Santa Barbara. They have the 101. It's only one. You know, you don't have to talk about numbers. It's just the freeway, right? Um, and so it's simple. And so uh, the first time I drove up to our new home, I I knew where I needed to go. It says I need to see the San Rafael sign, and it kind of veers off to the right. And um, there's all these numbers. There's all these numbers. And there's many lanes, many lanes. And I remember thinking, you know, I, I just, I, I need to, I, I kind of know where I'm supposed to go. I, I know the cities and towns. But you know what I did? I just kind of took the way that seemed the widest. That's the Bay Bridge. That's the Bay Bridge, and it heads you into San Francisco. And the sad thing to me is this, that that seemed like that was the broad way. That was the easy way. That was the most, it just pointed that way. The place I was supposed to go was one little lane that went off this way. What was funny, uh, living up there for five years, that wasn't the only time I went through the Bay Bridge. And never did I want to. I loved it. Uh, we had some folks from here come up and visit. And uh, they said, hey, yeah, we went through San Francisco. And I said, oh, was it nice? No, we didn't want to. <laughs> we just got stuck on the Bay Bridge and we didn't know how we were getting there. I don't know why we were here. That's the picture here. I don't want to uh, kill my illustration and go too far, but it led to San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> The easy way, the easy way. And this morning, as we think of things that are easy, most of us like things that are easy. We love it. We, we say, what, what will be the thing that has no struggle? What it will be the, the thing that won't cause me any stress? What will be the thing that just is kind of heading me down that road and it won't cost anything to me? That's the easy way, right? Well, that's gate number one. That's way number one. It's the easy way. The problem with the easy way, um, it has a destination. 
a destination. As you look at verse 13, it says, For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Leads to destruction. It's important that we realize there's a destination involved. Because that's one of the things that we concern ourselves with. What is the road that you are on or the way that you are traveling? If it's a nice road, if it's an easy road, if it's a broad road, you say, well, it's just a great road for traveling. But a question that needs to be asked is, what is the destination? Where is it going to end up? When I get there, wherever there is, what will be waiting for me? And as you hear the words of Jesus, he says that gate number one or way number one, it's easy. The problem is it leads to destruction. It leads to destruction. And all who are on it, all who continue on that path, all who go through gate number one, their destination is not good things, easy things, beautiful things, but destruction. It's hard to hear that. It's a hard message. It's an offensive message because we like to say all roads lead to the same place. You may believe that. I may believe that. But Jesus does not believe that. Your Savior The king does not believe that. He says that gate number one, way number one, leads to destruction. We know one more thing um, about this way or this gate. He says those who enter by it are many, are many. Um. I don't know how that can be. Do you? As we look look at this, it's kind of perplexing to us. Because what Jesus is saying is that popularity of a decision, of a way, of a gate, of a way of, of pursuing life and eternity, popularity is not a safeguard against a wrong decision. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's going that way. The majority. One of the simple things that we do in this life is we say to ourselves that we're not concerned about what's right and wrong. But we say the majority can't be wrong. You know how many people believe this? You know how many uh, people voted for this? You know how many million people are not believers in Jesus Christ? How can it be true then? They can't all be wrong, can they? You see how Jesus is bringing this to a a choice, to a decision. And he says it's not based upon popularity. Many who enter... Many will, will enter this gate and this path. So for review, uh, gate number one, it's wide. It's wide. It's easy. It has a destination. It leads to destruction. And many, many 
will choose that. Many will take that path. Many will take that gate. Well, it brings us to gate number two. Verse 14. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Once again, he's, he's pointing to a, a gate. And that's really the initial call, right? As you start out in verse 13, Jesus says, Enter through the narrow gate. And so he says, here, let me tell you, enter. This is the gate. There is a narrow gate. That's the one you want. But that narrow gate uh, has a way as well. After you enter, you'll continue on in that path and that place. As you look at this, we find some things out, and they're the complete opposite of the gate that we've already looked at. It's narrow. It's narrow. It, it's the idea that's constricted. It, it's the it's the looking at it. It's not something that is is wide and easy to get, but it's compressed. It's not comfortable. In fact. There's a picture here, maybe the best description that people have used for this. It's like a turnstile type thing. It's meant to slow you down. It's meant for only one. It's not an issue where you can cruise in through your whole family, your whole group, your whole friend group, your peers, the people of your city, your state, your country. You don't all go through there at the same time. It's one at a time. It's small. It's narrow. You must go through it alone. And so he calls us to the second gate, which is narrow. It's interesting. Um, He identifies this as a singular gate, the narrow gate. It's not, you know, get one of the narrow gates. Don't get some gate down there, you know, one of these gates as opposed to this gate. One of the things that we value um, is individuality and creativity. And as Jesus presents this new way into the kingdom, this different kingdom, he says this. He says this. There's one gate. It's a narrow gate. You come alone. This is not the time for creativity. This is not the time for you to make up your own way. Most of us like making up our own way. Once again, when I I lived up in the Bay Area, I I used to love driving with the family, doing afternoon drives. And I didn't know where I was, where I was going. And I just started driving and I knew that the ocean was over there, and if I got too far over there, I'd hit Sacramento. You know, I just start driving and exploring and, and doing these things, and, and I love the idea of creativity and just going and not not having a rhyme or reason, just going and seeing stuff. We treasure creativity, but Jesus calls us. He says, "This isn't the time for creativity. There's a narrow gate, and I'm calling you to go through it." For your benefit and for your good, uh, for your good. We find out that his gate, the gate that he calls us to, is narrow. We also find out that the way is hard. The way is hard. Whereas uh, the 
wide gate. Life is easy. Life is easy. There's a sense of ease to it and simplicity that just, there's no pressure to it. But he says, no, the narrow way through there and the way that comes after that as you walk in this way, guess what? It's hard. It's difficult. This is not good health, wealth preaching. Jesus kind of blew it at this opportunity. More people would have responded if he would have said, hey, it's just easy. Come this way and you'll have it all. You'll never get sick. God wants to bless you with money and fame and fortune and everyone will love you. That's a better message. But Jesus didn't say that. Sometimes uh, we look to Jesus as we look at our doctor sometimes. And we roll into a doctor and we know that we're not feeling well. We know we're overweight. We know we got this problem and that problem. And we roll in there and he inspects us, looks at our charts. And we look back at him and you say, tell me some good news. Don't tell me the truth. Tell me some good news. I love hearing good things. Tell me I'm in great shape, though I know I'm not. Tell me everything's going to be okay. Tell me that I can go eat more red meat and desserts. Tell me that, even if it's wrong. Jesus doesn't design his message that his hearers would say, that's what I'm already doing. But rather, he calls them away from the life that they're living to enter through the narrow gate. Yet even uh, for full disclosure, Jesus says, it, it, it won't be easy. It'll be hard. Well, in what ways? Your family may not understand it. It's not may, that they may not just understand it. They may not like it. <laughs> That you've chosen to follow Christ. You may not like it. You may lose popularity. You know, I don't know what it is for you. The <coughs> excuse me. The uh, the people that you sinned with in the past, as you leave that life behind, you enter through the narrow way, they, they may not you may not have that much in common anymore. In your community, there may be a sense where you feel like everyone is pushing on you and and pressing and not wanting what you have. Sometimes I think in America, we have this ideal that says that one day, everyone's going to follow Christ and everyone's going to agree with the Scriptures Everyone's going to be joyful and happy and kind. It will be like this nationwide church picnic. That's not what Jesus said. Some of us have this idea that says that God is good and he's good to me because I'm his follower. So nothing bad will ever happen to me. My kids will never cause me any heartache. You're already laughing, you know, see that that's certainly not true. Uh, my uh, my finances will always, you know, I'll always have an abundance. That's not true. 
my health, uh, I, I will never get sick. My body will not wear out. I will always be able to get back to the original specs here, you know. I want to tell you that we're all falling apart. Can I get a testimony or a witness here, you know? That'd be a long service. It's a hard way. It's difficult. And then Jesus tells us about gate number two, way number two. He says this, the way is hard that leads to life. Hey, now I realize why we're going through this narrow gate. Now I realize why we're taking the hard way. Because of the destination. The destination matters. When you have a destination, you're not just killing time. You're on a a mission, on a purpose. You're going to a place and, and you say, well, tell me about the place. Is it worth it? That's a question, isn't it? Is it worth it? Jesus said, uh, this way, as opposed to the other way, this leads to life. Where the other way led to destruction. Led to destruction. As we look at this, uh, this morning, we're just getting a glimpse of what Jesus is calling them to. In the next passages, he'll continue to unpack this idea that this is his way. He's calling them to a different way. The, the last thing that I would tell you about <coughs> gate number two is this. Few, few are the ones that find it. Those who find it are few. You say, how can that be? How, how can that be that this isn't the popular choice? How could it be the right decision, but not the most popular choice? That doesn't make sense. Um, Jesus doesn't explain much here, but I'd tell you this, that in pride and self-righteousness and I can do it on my own and I don't need anybody, most people aren't going to listen. This is a sense where Jesus is pointing it out. He says, you won't see it, you won't acknowledge it, you won't find it, but it's right there. You say, but it just seems like the Broadway would be better. It just seems like the easy way is the one that I usually take. It's unpopular by the numbers. And so for us this morning, maybe that's a good point for us to remember is that it won't be the popular decision over time. Everyone's not going to respond to the message in a positive way. A few things I want to bring to our conclusion this morning. Uh, Just some observations that may help us as we come to a conclusion and we come to a choice. First thing I want to tell you is there are two gates. Only two gates. And you say that I don't think I think there's more than two gates. I think there's you know hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe even more than that, different ways you can go. Why does Jesus only say two gates? Well, uh, it goes like this, and I believe this is what Jesus is getting at. There's only one way. There's only one way. 
It's the right way and the wrong way. And you say, well, that's, that's narrow. Yeah, it is. In fact, that's the word he would use. Narrow. Jesus is not saying you can do this any way you want. He's saying there's one way. There's one way. And you say, well, that, that seems narrow-minded and unkind and unmerciful. No, it is merciful. What would be unmerciful if Jesus had one way and he didn't tell any of us about it? He contrasts it right here. He says there, there are two ways, but there's only one way. Only one way. And that same idea, uh, I, I want to point this out. This is important. This is not, he is not contrasting good people and bad people. Good people take the narrow way, bad people take the other way, or the broad way, or the wide way, or the easy way. That's not what he's contrasting here. What I believe he's talking about are two kinds of religiosity. He, he's con- contrasting that which comes from God, that God would make right and make, make, make us in the right gate, in the right path, to those who would do it on their own. He says, self-effort. Self-effort. I'm going to make up my own religion. I'm going to try hard. I'm going to do it all on my own. I want to encourage you um, that Jesus was in the midst of people who were trying to do their best. Jesus was in the, in the midst. He was speaking to a bunch of people who were following most all the rules. And what he confronted them with is you're not following all the rules. You're a sinner. You're falling down time and time again. I, I call you out of that. I, I call you off that squirrel wheel that you're just running and running and running and saying, I think I can make it. I can think I can make it. He says, I, I want to call you away from that self-effort to a different way. A righteousness that comes from God. The last thing I, I, I want to just point out to you again, I've already talked about this, but Jesus is a compassionate king. He's a compassionate king. He loves you. He loves you. And, and the evidence of that is that he pointed to the narrow gate. He says, there it is. I identified it for you. I've told you about it. I, I've laid the, the, the gate out in front of you. The way is, is right before you. Please follow me through the gate. Jesus brings us to a choice. Brings us to a choice. He brings us to the gate and the way. And you know what he says? It's my way. It's my way. Or the broad way. Make your choice. This morning, um, I don't doubt that there are many here who are struggling with this decision. You may have been in church for a very long time. And you've, uh, you've said, you know, I'm going to be a better person. In fact, that's why I'm coming to church. I want to shove that aside this morning and just ask you. Have you put your trust in Jesus? Have you said, I'll, I'll follow you? Have you done business with him in such a way where you say, I will take the gate you tell me to. 
I will enter through the narrow gate. I'll, I'll take the hard path, not because I enjoy things that are hard, but because it leads to life. Maybe this morning uh, it's time for you in the quietness of your own heart is to speak with God in prayer to cry out to Him and say, I need you to take care of me. I need you to cover me in my sins. I am not good enough. I'm trusting Jesus, the one who went to the cross to provide the way, the gate, and the way that would come for you to have salvation. There's no other way. Let me pray for you now. God, I ask that um, the quietness of your church here today and what you're doing in the hearts of men and women, Lord, I ask that you would draw people to yourself. We lift up Jesus. We lift him up in such a way that um, not that we could make him higher than he is, but that we would be able to see clearly The worth of the King. God, I ask that you would do your work in us, that you would uh, remind us and uh, call us to the narrow gate. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.